Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. of talk now on talk radio 1210 wphd rich zioli well i hate to say i told you so no i'm kidding i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that obviously we all knew DeSantis was gonna drop out before new hampshire we all did we all gave him that advice and he took it from all of us because that's how everybody owns it on a day like today. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. But obviously, I was saying it all last week, every day. And I was saying it prior to Iowa, too. If DeSantis wants to save his political future, he needs to get out of the race. And so when he finally did get out of the race yesterday, I thought, good, you you have a shot now of, of redemption. You have a shot of redemption for 2028. Because let's face it. It was going to be tomorrow in New Hampshire was going to be a disaster for him. It was going to be bad and ugly. Uh, and it's going to be bad for Nikki Haley, too. I mean, Trump is going to win. Trump's a nominee. I mean, let's face it. I mean, again, I've been saying that for a while. I think a number of us have. But uh, he's he is he is going to be the nominee. No doubt about it. I'm only saying this because I think your time is valuable and I don't want you to waste it. And your time is the is the get the, the thief you would rob, as they say. You can't get it back. You know, it's gone. That's it. So when you invest your time in this program, I want you to know that you're not wasting it. That's why I'm only saying today that, yes, thank you for the tweet saying that I was right when I called that, that DeSantis would have to get out before New Hampshire and that he would, that he would ultimately get out. I mean, I thought it was a chance he was going to jump out on Friday because if you remember, they were queuing up a press conference and if you remember on Friday, it was obviously we were all snowing. So uh, I said, well, let's keep it on there just in case. And then the press conference never happened. So I, I don't know if he got cold feet. I don't know if, if he was thinking about doing it then. And he just got cold feet and just figured I can't do it. I don't know if he needed to go back to Florida. I, I don't know. I don't know what. But obviously his decision yesterday has now set him into the good graces of Trump world. And that's the other thing. The other advantage that I was saying all last week and prior to Iowa was if you get out of the race, then Donald Trump's going to like you again. He's already retired the name to Sanctimonious. It's retired. And his supporters will will eventually welcome you back. Many of them are I'm still a little miffed at you, but they'll come back, especially when you help him win, which DeSantis, I assume, will do. I, I, I imagine he's going to play a role in the campaign. 
And, you know, after Tim Scott backed Donald Trump and, and now, of course, Nancy Mace is on board with Donald Trump. I mean, it's really a question of who's backing Nikki Haley. And she's the, the never Trump darling. She's the never Trump favorite. You know, a lot of people were backing DeSantis early on because they thought, well, maybe Trump can't win. I like his policies. I like him, but maybe he can't win. Maybe maybe there's too much drama, maybe whatever. Um, but Nikki Haley has embraced the the anti-Trump crowd, the never Trump crowd, the, the anyone but Trump crowd. And I've noticed that there are some people who, when DeSantis got out of the race, they, they turned around. They said, all right, well, I'll back Trump. Like, no big deal. But I'm not seeing a lot of them turning around and saying they're going to back Nikki Haley. I am seeing a lot of them turning around and saying they, they may go third party. Uh, they may look to see, oh, oh, unless Trump picks DeSantis as his running mate. But a lot of the people, I don't see any DeSantis people going to Nikki Haley, which tells me that DeSantis was never the never Trump candidate. You know, he was never the guy in the race who was there to, to stop Trump. I mean, he wasn't Chris Christie. Nikki Haley, I don't think, was that originally. I don't think Nikki Haley thought she was going to get as far as she's gotten. Gee, and she's not very far. But, I mean, in terms of at least being the last person standing prior to Tuesday, because really, it's that's it. I mean, it's just a two-person race going into Tuesday. And that's what the establishment ultimately wants. I mean, they want, they want a two-person race from now until the convention. Hope that Trump gets arrested, is jailed, executed on the spot, and then that's the end of him. And then she can get the nomination. I don't see that happening, though. I mean, even if Trump is jailed and executed on the spot, which with this government, I, nothing is out of the realm of possibility. But I, what I mean is that I, I still think there'd be an effort to get DeSantis back in. Or whoever Trump's running mate is for that person to then get Trump's delegates and, and, and be, the, be the guy. Now, there's some ambiguity around whether or not Trump could even pick DeSantis, considering the fact that the president and the vice president are not supposed to be from the same state. So and Trump is a, a Florida resident. So I don't I don't see that happening. I never saw that happening. I don't think DeSantis would want to do that anyway. I don't really think that's a thing. Uh, but Tim Scott got engaged over the weekend. He got engaged over the weekend. Beautiful woman. Maybe perhaps Tim Scott will get the nod. You know, the rumor is that it's going to be a it'll be a man, not a woman. Who knows? Nobody knows but Trump, by the way. I've told you this a million times. He'll, he'll make his decision and it'll be – and he could change his mind 15 times before he actually decides on the person. But, but yeah, Tim Scott got engaged over the weekend, which is an inter- – the timing is very interesting. You know, he endorses Trump on Friday. He gets engaged over the weekend. You know, is he on the short list? Absolutely, I think he's on the short list. No doubt. No doubt about it. And he certainly helped himself by endorsing Trump before DeSantis got out of the race in New Hampshire. Because everybody who jumps on board with Trump today, like Nancy Mace and others, you kind of look a little bit late to the party. I mean, it's good to have you, but you look a little late to the party. For DeSantis voters who don't like Trump, they're not jumping on Nikki Haley's train. Not a lot anyway, maybe here or there, but they are thinking to themselves, maybe something I'll I'll like who he picks as his running mate, whatever. But the never Trump movement itself, you know, that group of, of people, that vile group of the Lincoln Project and all that, they're all in on Nikki, as are Democrat voters in New Hampshire, too, because Democrat voters can vote in tomorrow's primary in New Hampshire. And so the Trump campaign is already counting on the fact that they're going to have a lot of Democrats voting in that election for Nikki Haley. And they're probably not wrong. I mean, it seems to me like if you are 
a Democrat and you don't really have a race and you want to stop Trump, this is your chance. Plus, I've told you before, the establishment can live with Nikki Haley. Look, all last week, my advice to DeSantis every day, every day, was get out. Get out of the race. I did several monologues on it. If you don't believe me, they're podcasts for you. I know a lot of people today might be saying that they were saying that last week, but I really was. Several times. I said it almost daily. I did say it every day. I said, get out of the race. Don't stay in the race. You don't want to be remembered as the guy who came in third in New Hampshire. You don't want to be that guy. Because if you're that guy, your chances at 2028 are done. Plus, you know, Trump, Trump supporters may not come back to you. That's the other story, too. It's the other issue of this. Now, whether or not uh, Nikki Haley does, does really, really well tomorrow in New Hampshire, it doesn't really matter after that in terms of where her support goes because it's just not there. This is not a, a classic two-person race here. It really, it really isn't. It, 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 I know it sounds like it is because there's two people in the race, but when you look at the polls, it really is not a two-person race at this point. It's, it's a runaway for Trump really after this. I mean, even New Hampshire voters who think that they might vote for Nikki Haley now that DeSantis is out, they still think Trump's going to get the nomination. And with a the latest poll having him at least a, potentially anywhere from a 27-point lead in New Hampshire to, you know, on the low side, 18, 20 points, it's going to be a blowout for him. And then where do you go if you're Nikki Haley? Where do you go? You go to South Carolina and you lose in your own state and you stay in, you just keep, you just keep going along just you know but the problem though is that if you have a republican establishment that is hell-bent on stopping him and if you can get the money and you can stay in the race you're going to have people in your orbit telling you stay in the race there's no downside to it you're not going to hurt yourself and in her case it this is it for her there's no 2028 option you know what i mean this is it I really, I, I mean that. Where DeSantis has rehabilitated himself, Haley is just, just doing more damage to herself every single day, it seems. But are there people in her orbit that are turning around and saying, you know what, Gov, you can you can do this? Of course they are. So there are people getting paid. There are people getting paychecks. They're, they're political consultants getting paychecks and political operatives and consultants and everybody else. They don't want to lose that gravy train. They're not getting hired by Trump's campaign at this point. So where are they going to go? You know, a lot of the congressional races, for the most part, have already staffed out. The Senate races, staffed out. So now you got to look to 2025. There's, I think, two races in the country, the New Jersey governor's race and then the Virginia governor's race. That's it. So then you got to look to 2026. You know what I mean? So as long as there's people in her orbit that can, that, and the checks can cash, I think that becomes her strategy. And it'll be annoying in many respects but at the same time it's not going to be a real race it's going to be a race where you know i i I stay in on the off chance that something happens to this guy and and then i'm i i I become the nominee but i think that that just still doesn't happen if that's the case i I still think that the party the, the, the average republican primary voter would still reject haley even if the establishment was pushing her that's how I see it. Now, Tim Scott's going to campaign with Trump tonight in New Hampshire. He's on the trail with him. It would be a, it'd be a great match, no doubt. Trump-Scott, I mean, it'd be a great team. And, you know, the question, obviously, is, you know, Nikki Haley disappointed by that? Yeah, she's disappointed. She appointed Senator Tim Scott to the Senate. She feels like they're buds. But, you know, 
He says, bottom line is that um, Trump's the better guy. And he knows Trump's going to win. Tim Scott's a smart politician. At the end of the day, it's really what it comes down to, right? You're a smart, you're a smart politician. So that's why all the people that are that are backing him now are are smart. The people that aren't, like Asa Hutchinson, Asa the Hat, he's backing Haley. Is it why? What? Why are you doing that at this point? Other than to show your never Trump bona fides. And that's really what it comes down to, right? That's what that's what that's what, that's what guys like him are, are 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 shooting for. And he's not alone in that. There are others out there too. But you talk about the panic that is in the establishment right now. John Kelly, who was Trump's first chief of staff, John Kelly, you know he he's he's already going out there and like like many other people are freaking out about this the swamp is freaking out there are people within the orbit of this who are really nervous that this is going to be biden versus trump and i've told you that if it comes down to being biden versus trump and they think trump can win despite all the cheating i mean there's a general election trump biden poll it's harvard harris it's got trump up by six it's a freaking harvard harris poll it's not even a conservative poll so if they think there's any chance Trump can win and they think that, that just Joe Biden doesn't have the ability to stop him, that's where I come back to the idea that maybe they swap Biden out because they just can't risk it. They just cannot risk the idea that Trump is going to win again. They can't risk the idea that he's going to go in there and actually come after these people and drain the swamp and, 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 and imp- implement the kind of changes in the executive branch that we've talked about with our friends over at the Heritage Foundation where you, you're really going to be able to give the – the power back to the president and not to all the unelected unaccounted bull bureaucrats that are in the executive branch of government so that's the thing i mean it's it's very possible that as these changes occur along the way in the republican primary and if it looks like they just can't get trump out of the race like like with with all their court maneuvers i mean and if they really look down and say even all the cheating can't help us this time around and as much as we'd love for there to be another pandemic, because I'm sure we'd all love to be able to stop having to deal with that pesky traffic all the time, that may not happen either. So what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? You know, the old geezer in the White House now who's admitting there's a border crisis finally, four years later, admitting there's a border crisis. But this is coming as you've got family members who are suing the Department of Homeland Security after they've lost family members, had family members raped by illegal immigrants. They're speaking out. They're saying this is this has got to stop. You know what I mean? And so as all these things occur, you, you've got to wonder to yourself, what is Biden bringing to the table? And so he's back to yelling about MAGA. He's back to screaming about MAGA. You MAGA people, you with all your hatred and your MAGA-ness. But it's not a winning message. I mean, even David Axelrod came out and said that, too. This is not this is not how you win elections. You know, you're not going to win elections by telling everybody all the time how terrible people are. Jamie Dimon said it last week. You know, that clip of Jamie Dimon at the WEF, which went viral, was Jamie Dimon saying that too. Like, cut the crap with the deplorables, stop all that. By the way, this is the big story of the day. It is the preview to the New Hampshire primary, and it's brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, for that beautiful smile that you deserve. So, yeah, I mean, you, when you've got guys like Jamie Dimon, David Axtra, and others coming out and saying, listen, you got to stop with this whole deplorables thing enough because these are people these are your fellow americans and you can disagree with them on things but it's not a winning strategy to go out there and just crucify these people all the time and say how horrible they are 
And you got to you got to find something else. But but if you don't have a message though, if you don't have a winning message, then all you can do is try to stoke fear. I just don't think the fear thing's working either. So that's the real problem they have right now. The Biden administration is is doing everything it possibly can to just hand out free money. Remember on Friday I went into detail with you about the student loans, how they're still giving out all this money, the student loan money. They're still paying down people's student debts. I mean, they're trying every way they can. They just basically hand out free cash. Because money does talk, baby. At the end of the day, money talks. BS walks. In the meantime, in uh, Georgia, in that case, Fannie Willis, that that case is going to collapse. I mean, it's, it's going to completely collapse. As more details come out about her, her little boy toy that she got $650,000 for. And uh, his divorce records are coming out. And it's all, ooh, it's not looking good for her in Georgia. I think that whole case is going to crumble. And then you have the problem for Jack Smith, which is the Supreme Court has to weigh in on several things regarding the federal election case. So that could drag on well into the fall. And by then, it may be too late for him. The New York case is civil. It doesn't come with jail time. So as much as I think it's completely unconstitutional, it's, you know, it's not going to lock. That's like you're not going to lock Trump, Trump up there. A judge has just unsealed uh, in this in this Fannie Willis case, pushed back on a decision whether Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis will be de- deposed, but unsealed the Fulton County prosecutor's divorce case. So a judge on Monday ordered court records of the divorce proceedings of a special prosecutor, Nathan Wade. He's the gumad of Fannie Willis. And he's handling the Georgia election interference case. This is a guy with no prosecutorial background. He was a municipal court judge. He dealt with traffic tickets. Anyway, that case is going to be unsealed. The judge has not said whether or not Fannie Willis will be deposed. Cobb County Superior Court Judge Henry Thompson ruled that he was vacating a previous order that kept records of the divorce proceeding sealed. That is what attorney Ashley Merchant, who represents former Trump campaign staffer and one-time White House aide Michael Roman, had asked the court to do. I find that the prior order, although it was by consent parties, was not properly entered because uniform superior court rules requiring a hearing to be had. We find no evidence that any such hearing was ever had, so I'm going to grant the motion vacating the consent order sealing the record. And I'll, and I'll do that today. I have your written order. Now, the question then becomes, what will happen if Fannie Willis gets deposed? She was originally going to be deposed for Tuesday. But he wants but the judge first wants to hear from Nathan Wade on allegations of an extramarital affair during an evidentiary evidentiary hearing in the divorce case set for January 31st. So you see that that dude's got his own set of problems. It seems to me that Mr. Wade would be first and best source of information on what his income has been and how he's spending it. And that he would have firsthand knowledge of whether he's engaged in an extramarital affair. Only after I hear what Mr. Wade has to say, do I think I can make a determination of whether the proposed dependent has any unique knowledge about these issues. Because once again, this is a math problem and we need to find a solution to it. Translation. Uh, was the, uh, the prosecutor having a romantic relationship with Nathan Wade? He's going to go on. He's going to be asked that under oath, and he's going to say yes. And then the question that his his ex wife is going to say is, "Did you did you write this income down? Am I getting money? Am I getting a piece of this action?" And the answer is going to be no. And then they're going to have to probably bring Fanny Fanny Willis in. And then as they do that, goodbye to that case. 
because now it's going to look like she has been doing everything she possibly can to go after Trump while enriching herself vis-a-vis her boyfriend. And that's not good. In any, in any court, that's not good. So the filing says the subpoena is being sought in an attempt to harass and damage Willis's professional reputation and accuses Jocelyn Wade, that's the, um, that's the estranged wife, conspiring with interested parties in the criminal election interference case to use the civil discovery process to annoy, embarrass, and oppress the district attorney. Well, obviously, the district attorney could just turn around and say, no, I'm not having an affair with them, and that'd be the end of it. Because the allegation is that Nathan Wade has been taking trips, Napa, Belize, I hear Belize is beautiful this time of year, Panama, three Caribbean cruises, ever since he filed for divorce, and that Willis was an intended travel partner for at least some of these trips, as indicated by flights he purchased for her to accompany him. The filings include credit card statements that show Nathan Wade, after he'd been hired as special prosecutor, bought plane tickets in October 2022 for him and Willis to travel to Miami and bought tickets in April to San Francisco in their names. So now the estranged wife, the soon-to-be ex-wife, is saying, I'd like to know about this romantic affair. And I also would like to know about whether or not you've been getting money and whether or not I'm entitled to any of it. So all of that coming out means goodbye to the Georgia case against Trump. Bottom line is this. This is very obvious Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. What will the Democrats do? Because they have a real problem with Joe Biden. And they have a bigger problem with uh, Kamala Harris. Because she's, she's even more disliked than Biden is. So they got a problem. What will they do about it? That's the question. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Got a big show for you today as we preview the New Hampshire election tomorrow. We're going to talk to our buddy Jim Bovard. His new book, Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty. This is something you're going to want to hear. We got a lot to talk about, so don't go away. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so we got a bunch of audio for you, obviously, as we look to the fallout of everything. But there is some breaking news. The United States Supreme Court, in a 5-4 decision, has gone ahead and said the Biden administration can remove the razor wire the state of texas put in place to try to stop the illegal invasion into the united states of america and their state 5-4 decision which means that several of the so-called conservative justices joined in with the left on this so we'll talk about that as more details coming in just literally just broke a few moments ago this is um Obviously, if you missed DeSantis's message last uh, yesterday, dropping out of the race and endorsing Trump, uh, it was a video message that he posted to his social platform, X. He started on Twitter and he ended on Twitter. He started with that disastrous 
Twitter Spaces launch, which was an epic, you know, it was a mess. Uh, terrible way to start. And then he ended it by putting out a video message, which is a good speech. Look, I've said this before. I like DeSantis a lot. I always, I think he's one of the best governors in the country. I think he, his handling of COVID was outstanding. I think that he is a very talented and smart politician. I think he's got a bright political future. And I think he did the right thing. I 100% do. I, I mean, that's why I said it literally every day last week. He should drop out before New Hampshire. And um, he was going to face a bloodbath, and he was also going to help Nikki Haley. So for all those reasons, he had to get out. And this is what uh, he said yesterday as he dropped out of the race for president of the United States, cut number one. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq, to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. And, the you know, DCL he goes on. I mean, it's, it's a long announcement, but he goes on to to essentially say it's obvious that the Republican primary voters are choosing Donald Trump. And so he endorses him. He mentions he had a couple of disagreements with him about COVID and things like that, but he endorsed him. And the way Trump is when you join, you know, the minute that you are on on board, well, then there you go. So he said yesterday that uh, DeSantis is a very terrific person. This is what he said, cut two. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. He's put our country at great peril, at great peril. So I just want to thank Ron and uh, congratulate him on doing a very good job. It's a tough situation. It's a tough thing to do. I'm thrilled to be. Um, And then the nickname is officially retired. Officially retired, but just for the record, not from this show, because executive producer Matt DeSantis, who is Matt DeSanctacovitis, because he still has COVID, um, which I don't even know you're allowed to take off work for COVID anymore. I really did. Right? I was shocked by that. Right. And uh, who who on planet Earth still has or knows where to find like COVID tests? And why bother at this point? Yeah. Why even bother getting a COVID test? That's what I'm saying. 
and he's fine. He's just he's he's just a baby. So you know he's fine. I mean he's 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 okay. It's it's not 2020. This isn't the Wuhan strain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Like there's but anyone I guess in the building you're probably anyway. happy you don't have to sit next to him at least for a couple days. Uh, yeah, it's kind of nice because you know what the the show goes a lot faster this way. See that? There you go. That's good. <laughs> uh, so we will still call him Matt DeSanctimonious and Matt DeSanctitraitorous and Matt DeSanctacovidus. Um, but this is what he said about regarding the nickname. Cut three. Okay. He just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> There you go. Uh, he also told Fox News that DeSantis worked very hard. He, I mean, he's just going to say positive things about him, and he should. Why not? I, you know, I, I hope that there were calls with between his campaign, uh, DeSantis's campaign, and Trump's campaign, and I hope that that Ron DeSantis will get to either give the nominating speech at the convention or have a big primetime role in the Republican National Convention because he he deserves it. He deserves it. He's a smart, great, prominent Republican governor. Is Florida's a success story and. Now he's on the right team. And he didn't run a stop Trump campaign. It wasn't about that. He just he thought he was going to be a better candidate. He thought that he could he could win in the general election. And that's okay. It's America. You're allowed. We don't have royalty here. So I was never I, I disagreed with people who thought he was a traitor or anything like that. No, but it doesn't matter now. All that's water under the bridge. I mean, that's the thing about politics. It's all water under the bridge. It's not for Chris Christie. Chris Christie is truly a man without a country right now. But um, but for Trump and DeSantis now, they'll be buds. You know, they'll they'll be they'll be buds as, as bud as you can be in politics anyway. And he'll um, he'll help Trump. And, you know, the rest is going to be history after that. Uh, just an update on what I told you, the breaking news around the United States Supreme Court. Uh, five, four decision. Justice John Roberts. Shocking. Siding with the left. And so did Amy Coney Barrett. Just deep disappointment. Well, Justices Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh dissented. So that's your 5-4 ruling. You've got Roberts and Barrett and then the other justices, the, the Dem justices. Although Roberts really can be counted as that sometimes. And then you have the dissent by the conservatives, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. And the bottom line is that they've, they've, they've told the United States of America, yes, you can stop Texas. They sided with the Biden administration in a case involving a razor wire fence along Texas's border with Mexico. The fact that the, this administration is actually, I mean, suing, like they sued, they sued the state of Texas to say, take down razor wire because that is having an, a, an impact on people trying to cross the border illegally. You know what I mean? The fact that the fact that the, 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 the government of the United States of America is admitting we want to make this easier for people to come to the country. Not harder, easier. So take down the razor wire. And now the Supreme Court has sided with them. And I'm not surprised by that. I'm really not. Because I, 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 John Roberts just never ceases to amaze me. But what is Texas supposed to do is my question. What are they supposed to do? All these people come to Texas and then Greg Abbott sends them to other cities and states around the country because Texas can't bear the brunt of this. And then they all scream about how much they hate them. But nobody's doing any, a damn thing about the border. He tries to do something about the border, and the Supreme Court turns around and says you can't. So, you know, it's it, the border issue is something we will continue to talk about throughout the show today. As well as civil liberties, James Bovard is going to join me in a short time. His new book, uh, The Death of American Liberties, out. we got a lot to chat about, including windmills. Just when you thought they were gone, they're coming back. Don't go away. 
Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Offshore wind, it's not over. It's coming back. They will never give it up. I promise you that. They will never stop. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today on our Monday pre-New Hampshire primary edition of the show. Don't forget, two great events coming up for you. The Big Terry Hayes event on February 7th. That's going to be a great night with Terry Hayes. I'm excited for that. His book, The Year of the Locust. All you got to do to get your tickets is go to 1210wphd.com, 1210wphd.com, Wednesday, February 7th, 7 p.m. at Rosemont College. You're definitely going to want to be there for that. And secondly, uh, Parks Casino Comedy Night is next Thursday, February 1st. Join us for that. 20 bucks. We'll get your ticket and uh, you'll have your, your first drink included as well. So that'll be great. Hope to see you at both of those events. We'll have a lot of fun. Uh, I got an email today from a buddy of mine. Got an email last week from a friend of mine saying that the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities was having an emergency secret meeting today. Turns out that offshore wind is not dead. And the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities is now looking out, handing out more of these whale-killing, dolphin-killing wind turbines. That's right. That's what they want to do. I'm not surprised by any of this. None of this surprises me. But the uh, agenda, Board of Public Utilities, is going to be coming up. Oh, I said today. Excuse me. It's Wednesday. Wednesday the 24th at 10 a.m. And it's going to be a special secret, double secret probation meeting. But, of course, what they're going to try to do is, in the matter of the opening of New Jersey's trust... Third, solicitation for offshore wind renewable energy certificates. The board will consider applications for the third offshore wind solicitation. And I saw this story from NJ Spotlight News. Orsted's decision to back out of New Jersey's offshore wind efforts is just the end of a chapter, not the end of the world. They go on to say in a step aimed at reviving what at times seemed a faltering offshore wind program, the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities is expected to announce awards for new projects off the Jersey coast this week. Four developers submitted bids to build wind farms last August, but that was before Orsted, the world's largest offshore wind operator, walked away from two projects in South Jersey, saying they no longer made economic sense. This decision on new projects by the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities represents a crucial opportunity to get its offshore wind program back on track, a policy that seeks to be perhaps the key element in its drive to move away from fossil fuels and combat climate change. And of course, the idiot, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, wants to have more than 11,000 megawatts of electricity generated from offshore wind farms or roughly 27% of the power for New Jersey homes and businesses. So he ordered the BPU to have another solicitation sometime this year. And that's exactly what's going to happen this week. There's the Atlantic Shores project, which is still moving forward. I'm telling you right now, the only way way this is going to end is if a Republican becomes governor. Because the Democrats will never give up on this stuff. They will never give up on this stuff, ever. Orsted's departure left the state with only one viable offshore wind project, the Atlantic Shores Initiative, about 10 miles off the coast of Atlantic City. Atlantic Shores, along with its partner Shell Energies and EDF Renewables, is one of the developers seeking to be awarded a contract on Wednesday by the BPU. 
Besides Atlantic Shores, the other projects up for consideration include Attentive Energy, a joint venture between Total Energies and Corio Generation at a site about 42 miles east of Seaside Heights. Community Offshore Wind, an initiative off Long Beach Island. And Leading Light Wind, a project by Innovent Energy and Energy RE about 40 miles off the state's southern coast. I remember when Orsted, which was the big Danish company, bailed. It did so because it said the project wasn't viable. Public supporters wavered. I mean, you had protests up and down. We did our, our live shows at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. There were protests up and down the Jersey Shore. I mean, nobody wants these damn things. Nobody wants these things. The height of the Washington Monument will destroy the view from the beaches. It's going to tank the tourist economy. And then you have all the dead whales and dolphins. But there's another thing, too, here. Paul Patterson, an energy analyst at Glenrock Associates, said, We've seen cancellations. We've seen some projects go out for rebid. The industry is in a state of flux. It'll be key to see what prices come in at. None of this can happen without the government subsidizing it. That's the reality. That's the bottom line. The rising cost of the projects is also fueling opposition. In New Jersey, the cost of getting offshore wind is going to be subsidized by a surcharge on consumer bills. If something changes in the economics of offshore wind and it fails to include a government subsidy of gargantuan size, then that would be headline news, said Michael Markarski, a spokesman for Affordable Energy for New Jersey. I mean, don't forget, you know, none of this, none of this makes any sense. It doesn't make economic sense. It's not good for the ocean. It's not good for marine life. And it's not good for the ratepayers either. But it is good for, for, for the progressive kooks and their political futures, and that's what Murphy's banking on. See, he's also looking at 2028. <clears throat> he's also looking at 2028, and he wants to be the guy to run for president and tell everybody that he built thousands and thousands of these massive wind turbines off the Jersey Shore. He wants to run to New Hampshire and brag about that. Yeah, I kill whales and dolphins. I'm the guy who did it. I did these things. That's what he wants. He wants to be able to come out and say that. He's a hideous man. He really is. But they're all the same, these lefties. I mean, you heard it all from the World Economic Forum. You, you, you heard, we played you all the clips of the evil Bond villains who were there last week. And all these evil Bond villains who came out and said how they're going to control what you eat, the kind of bugs you have to eat, all of it. And they love this stuff. They love to be able to come out and build their green energy alternatives. I'll tell you, as I think about everything, when it comes to what the left is trying to push, I, I do think it's going to be a big issue in 2024. Because the president of the United States could cancel these things. The president of the United States could use his power. Biden's all in. I mean, Biden's all in on energy. Trump wins. Hopefully these, these projects are finally fully dead. That's my hope. Because there's no way you could ever actually support these if you gave a damn if you gave a damn on anybody or cared about anybody, I mean, uh, when it came to whales, dolphins, the people that own homes at the Jersey Shore, or the people that pay the rates, taxpayers. If you care about any of these things, you're not going to want these projects, period. You're not going to want these projects. So I think the president of the United States 
has a good chance, if it's a Republican, which I do believe it's going to be, and if it's Trump, and, and I do believe it's going to be, to come in and use federal power to end these things. It's not a states' rights issue. These things are miles off the coast. Miles off the coast. And they can't happen, of course, without federal subsidies. So all of these things, all of these things add up to be a disaster. A disaster. But the left is all in. They always are. They're all in. uh, Going everywhere they possibly can to try to further bring forward their their environmental revolution. It's really frustrating. Um, Speaking of that, uh, the question regarding what's going to happen with your freedom and liberty will be something we talk about with our buddy Jim Bovard. He's got a brand new book out called Last Rights, The Death of American Liberty. He's going to join me in the next hour. He also has a piece in the New York Post I read over the weekend about how, yes, if you are buying things the government doesn't like, and, you know, if you might be a domestic violent extremist, they're profiling you, they're putting you on a list, they're targeting you. Yeah, they are. They're doing all those things. I could say, for example, you go to Cabela's, or um, you like to fish, or hunt. You're probably on a list. You're probably a potential environmental domestic violent extremist. I kid you not. Not environmental. <laughs> Did I say environmental? Oh, there are environmental whack jobs out there, no doubt. But no, that's, that's not what I meant about this. Now, what I what I meant about that is 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 the government keeps wanting to say over and over and over again that you are a domestic violent extremist, but they have what's called a they have a supply problem. They have a demand, a big demand. They can't meet it. They can't meet it. And of course, yes, the breaking news today is that Asshat Hutchinson, Asa the Hat, uh, has endorsed Nikki Haley, and he's convinced that endorsing Nikki Haley is the way to go. So he's all in right now on backing Nikki Haley as president of the United States of America. What a wuss, isn't he? What an absolute wuss. I'm telling you, one of the absolute worst. Asa the hat. What a loser. Absolute loser. I mean, Doug Burgum can see the writing on the wall. But but Asa, Asa the hat, he knows. He knows. He's going to turn around and he's going to pretend to be the moderate Republican that everybody wants and everybody needs and blah, blah, blah. And it is really pathetic. It's truly pathetic. All right. So listen, we got a big show coming up for you today. We'll talk to Jim Bovard about freedom and liberty and everything that's being attacked by it. I want to tell you about our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. How about a beautiful new S60? I mean, this car is gorgeous courtesy car so it has under five thousand miles on it and the best part about it is that these are barely used because they are used as courtesy cars and they're less than twenty nine thousand dollars you could have a gorgeous beautiful s60 for under twenty nine thousand dollars you kidding me you want to do this and i'll tell you if you want to do an suv I was really grateful over the weekend with all the snow and ice and all the other nonsense that i have the xc40 it's a great SUV. It handles the roads terrific. And I'm really happy that my wife has the XC90. The third row family car is able to get your family around nice and safe. And Cherry Hill Volvo will do everything possible to get you the absolute best price. And they have to because they're about to do a big renovation to their family dealership. And to make way for all the construction equipment, they have to move out some of this inventory. And this is your opportunity. Your opportunity to get a beautiful S60 courtesy car. 
for less than $29,000 with less than 5,000 miles on it. Come on, what are you waiting for? You know you want to do this? You know you want to do this. So reach out to them today. They are our great friends. They sponsor the entire radio station studios. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios on Route... I mean, we we are here at 2400 Market Street, but they are on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. So please, yes, please reach out to them today and see them. Uh, Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.